0: I have a brand new microphone on, and it is, wow, loud, so give us one second to adjust that, all right, it's better up here, amen, beautiful, thank you guys, man, our teenagers are so talented, man, appreciate, it. thank you Jesus, we just talked about Wednesday night, uh, we were just talking about climbing the mountain, and uh, the Lord's house is foundation Isaiah two two and the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established and all nations shall flow into it. Amen. And right now we have over fifteen nations represented uh, in the church and I love it uh, when we worship in other languages. When I walk around on Wednesday nights and hear different languages being spoken and it just it just it brings joy to my heart to know that the vision is being fulfilled. But you know what? We're not done. We're calling in the nations. Amen. We're calling in the nations to the Lord's house. And we're going to the nations from the Lord's house. Amen? Amen. We want to see God do some miraculous things. And He is already done so many wonderful things and we just uh, appreciate your faithfulness and you know what I encourage you look around there's so many empty chairs and you you know who sits around you get on get on Facebook get on the phone uh, text somebody and tell them we missed you we missed you in your place nobody can take your place listen somebody might take your chair but no one can take your place <laughs> So if you don't get here early, somebody might take your chair, and that's all right. Uh, but uh, we, you know what? They, they can't take your place. You are special. You have a place here. We love you here at the Lord's house, and we thank God for what He's doing. Turn into your Bibles this morning to the book of Mark, uh, chapter number 8. and. Um, I just want to uh, just share with you just a very familiar story. And uh, I woke up this morning, uh, just, you know, just, hey, sometimes I know when I'm preaching a week ahead, sometimes it's the middle of the week, and other times I've got, you know, you can go different directions. And you're like, okay, is it time to preach this? Is it time to you know, work this? We've been talking about the Holy Spirit. And last week, uh, we, we just began to talk about developing a relationship with the Holy Ghost. And we've been praying. I've been praying for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Ghost upon our church, upon our teenagers, uh, for our men and our women. We need a fresh outpouring of God's Spirit. And I challenged you last week build a relationship with the holy spirit talk with him let him guide your life and lead you and direct you and i'm telling you today sometimes amen uh, I we i was just just reading and reading through the book of acts and saw where on the day of pentecost they were all filled with the holy ghost and then they went out and they had persecution and they went out and they did the work of the ministry. And they did all these things. And then, man, when they were tired and weary and they had all this trouble, they got back together and they began to worship and pray. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit fell, amen, in that place. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began speaking. To you say, wait a minute, Pastor, I thought that happened in Acts chapter 2. Yes, it did. And it happened again. And then later it happened again. I'm telling you, we all need a fresh touch. We need a new touch from God. Somebody say, I need another touch. Listen, until until we get to heaven, I need the touch of God on my life. I need the hand of God upon my life. Amen. I can't see clearly. I'm not done. Amen. My purpose, my vision, amen, is not everything that I want it to be and everything that it can be. Oh, but one more touch from the Master's hand can clear things up. Maybe you're here today and you're not seeing clear. You don't know what to do in a relationship. You don't know what to do in a marriage. You don't know what to do about a business deal. You don't know how to handle those kids. Who somebody say, those kids? Well, guess what? You had those kids. And so now then, you've got to figure out what to do with them. But God will give you fresh vision. Amen, He'll show you how to lead and guide them and direct them. And even when they're out and they're, they're, they're away from home, I'm telling you, amen, when the prodigal son came home, it was the father that saw him afar off. How did he see him afar off? Because he was looking for him every day. Don't give up on that wayward child. You keep praying and looking in the Spirit, and you look by faith, and you see them coming home. And when they're coming, come on, reach out and go out and celebrate their return. We need a fresh touch from God today. We, need a t- we have had touch after touch, revival after revival, miracles in this house. We have seen God do great things. I've seen the doors open and people flow in and the doors open and flow out. We've been ups and downs and through a lot of things. But can I tell you, I'm ready for a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost. I'm ready for a new move of God. I can't live on what God did in 2020. We've got to have a fresh revelation and a touch from the Master right now. For this season of our life, this season of our church, God wants to do something special. Mark chapter 8 and verse number 22 they came to Bethsaida and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes. Just relax. I'm not going to spit on nobody today. We are still under COVID rules. <laughs> I'm not Somebody said, oh no, pastor's preaching on spitting. He said, spitting on people. The Holy Ghost tells me to spit on you. I'll spit on you. It'll be fresh water though. In a Christmas cup. How you like that? I don't know where that came from. And Jesus spit on his eyes. And he put his hands on the man's eyes. And Jesus asked him, do you see anything? I've got a question for you today. What do you see? What do you see in the natural? What do you see in the spiritual? How is your vision? How is your clarity? What are you seeing today? And the man said, he looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened. His sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. Jesus sent him home saying, don't go back into that village. Don't tell anybody what I've done. Hey, but I want to just talk to you for a few minutes this morning about another touch. Touch me again. Oh, I thank God touch. I thank God, amen, for the touch I felt when I was a child, when I was filled with the Holy Ghost. I thank God for the touch, amen, kneeling at an altar at 15 when I was called to preach. I thank God for the touch, amen, last week that I felt, amen, but you know what? I need another touch this morning. I can't get enough of the master's touch upon my life because every time he touches me, I can see a little more clearly. Every time he touches me, something happens, purpose and destiny. Every time he touches me, my life is changed. But sometimes, you're in the wrong place to receive that touch. Jesus came into Bethsaida. And there in Bethsaida, some people brought a man and they told Jesus, touch him. Jesus took him by the hand and led him out of that place. Where does Jesus need to lead you out of before he can touch you? Now see, Bethsaida, the the, the name means house of fishermen. Now in our modern vernacular maybe we would say the house of the fisherman's fisherman's paradise. Sounds like a nice place, doesn't it? Fisherman's heaven. But when Jesus came into Galilee in the town of Bethsaida, the Isaiah the prophet in Isaiah 9, 1 and 2, he painted a different picture about this place. He said in the land of Zebulun, and Naphtali, the way of the sea along the Jordan, the Galilee of the Gentiles, the people were living in darkness. And but having seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. You ever felt like you were living in the land of the shadow of death? You ever felt like you were living in a land where there was no light? There was only darkness all around you? There was no faith? There was no one to believe? There was no one to pray with you when you were down? There was no one to help you? They lift you up when you were discouraged? There was no one, amen, to encourage you when you were sad. I'm telling you, we're living in a world right now, amen, if you try to share your troubles with somebody, they're just going to tell you about theirs how worse it is. They're going to compare and go, oh, you think you've got it bad. It's hard to have faith when you're surrounded by faithless people. It's hard to do miracles when people don't believe in them. It's hard to reach out to the light when you're surrounded by darkness. Bethsaida, the place of the shadow of death. Where the, the, but, 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 but Isaiah said the light is dawned. Oh, come on, Jesus came into that place. He's going to have something to say about it in a moment. But listen, there, there, there's people right now living in that darkness. They're living in that place. We look around the world. Amen. This it, it can be, if you turn on the news, if you watch it very long, you can realize we're living in a time of darkness, in a doom. Amen. It's just gloom. Everywhere you, you turn, there, there's bad reports. But can I tell you this morning, Jesus can lead you out of that place. He can lead. Li- you said, nothing can happen good to me here. You know what? Maybe you're right. But if you'll take the hand of the man who steals the water, he can lead you to a place of miracle. Miracles in your life It's a place of despair A place of grief A, a place of pain We're living in an in, in a, in a era and a generation of misunderstanding Everybody's confused they, they, don't, they don't know which way's up or down They don't know who they are Where they are What they are But I'm telling you Jesus came Aiming to shine light in the darkness And to lead you out of that place and To take you into place Of miracles Bethsaidia. I mean, this should have been a town full of faith. A quarter of the disciples came from here. Philip and Andrew and Peter. Gee, Jesus, Jesus had made numerous trips to this town. A lot of miracles. But instead, Matthew 11, 21, Jesus condemns this town. Jesus says, Woe to you, Bethsaida. If the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyree and Sidon, they wouldn't have remained. They would have remained until this day. Amen. These were towns that were destroyed because of God's judgment. And God said, if they had have had the things, seen the things, experienced the things that you have, they would still be here today. What had they done? Well, first of all, they had taken treasures from the Lord's temple put them in heathen temples. They had sold the Israelites as slaves. There was so much evil in those, and God had to judge them. If you look around America today, we're taking the holy things and not doing such holy things with them. People still being sold today. Human trafficking, sex trafficking is a major issue in America. America has experienced the glory. America has experienced the power. America, I mean, we've seen enough that we should be in a different place. But he said, woe unto you. You've had so many things to happen, yet you're in the shape that you're in. That I can't even do miracles in this place. There's so much darkness So much doubt So much unbelief They weren't the only town Jesus said I can't do anything here Listen, people's lives get in such shape and such shambles. People surround themselves with so many things that miracles can't take place in their life because they live in such a place of doubt and fear and unbelief. But can I tell you this morning, Jesus wants to take you by the hand and lead you out of that, out of that friendship, out of that area, out of that place of despondency and despair and depression and lead you in a place of freedom and deliverance. All it takes is a touch. Somebody say, touch me, Jesus. Touch me. Touch me, Tyler. Tyler has experienced the glory of God. We've got so many ministries, so many missionaries. We've had so many revivals. We've had so many things done in the Tyler area. Amen. But how are we treating it? Are we treating it with respect? Are we thanking God for the ministries that surround us? Or do we take it for granted? Or do we just don't even think about it at all? Oh, that was back then. Oh, I remember as a kid going to tent revivals right out on the loop. I remember going to Harvey Hall. I've, done, I've seen miracles. I've seen all the different evangelists come through, experience the glory in the presence of God. But I'm telling you, what's happening today in 2021, amen, are we a city that exalts the name of the Lord? If Jesus is here today, and He is, can He do any miracles? Or is He going to have to lead us to another town? Is he going to have to take us to Lindale or to White House or to Gresham or to Flint? Come on, who, who is it? Where is he going to have to take us to Alba or to Golden? I know there's some faith up in Golden now. Come on, there's some, there, there's some faith out in Garden Valley. Come on, listen. No, 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 no. I want him to be able to come right here in the middle of North Tyler, amen, and come in and go, you know what? We don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to lead you to another place. There's faith in this city. There's faith in this house. I can do something right here. Touch us, Jesus. Jesus, it it amazes me, you know, his friends came. How do you treat your friends that have needs? Oh, I feel sorry for you. These friends brought him to Jesus. And then they said, Jesus, touch him. Touch him. We know all it takes is just to touch. But Jesus didn't touch him the way he thought he was going to touch him. He just reached out and took his hand. Before Jesus touches your physical ailment before he does what you want him to do, he wants to come into relationship with you. He, 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 he wants to take your hand and lead you a different direction. He wants to know, do you trust him? I want you to think about this man. He's blind. He can't see. His friends bring him and say, hey, this is Jesus. He puts his hand out, he feels, no no doubt this man has spent his life seeing through his hands. Touching, experiencing things. Everything he knows has been through his hands. And now that all of a sudden, hands that he's never felt before. A gentle hand. A strong hand. The hand of the miracle worker. The hand that will be nailed to a cross. All of a sudden, reach out in tenderness and gentleness. And he takes his hand. And he hears his voice. And then Jesus leads him. I want to tell you something. That takes trust on the part of that man. I think this whole entire process is an experience. I think this whole process is faith building for this man and Jesus is just checking to see because the Bible doesn't say anything about his faith. His friends are the one that brought him. they told Jesus touch him and Jesus says, well let me let me just see how far he's willing to go. He takes out his hand and he, he takes his hand and he just begins to walk with him out of town. Hey wait, wait a minute, where are we going? This is not the way to my miracle. I thought you would lead me downtown where all the people were. I thought we would go where everyone would see. Why why are you taking me away from the crowd? Why are you taking me away from all that I know? Why are you taking me away from my family and my friends? Amen. Sometimes Jesus has to get you away from all the things you know so you can experience something you don't know. But do you trust Him? Enough to take his hand and walk a new direction. Walk in a new faith. Walk with a new person. Come in relationship. Jesus spoke to him, he took hold of this man's hand and he led him. What did he feel? What did what did he experience? And then when he got to a certain point he stopped and the Bible says he laid his hand on him. He touched him. And then he asked him a question. This is key. We're going to talk about it at the end. Because this question, the answer to this question, determines if the miracle continues or stops. Has, has miracles continued to happen in your life? Are you continuing to walk in your miracle? Is your miracle continuing to expose and continuing to, to drive, continuing to change? Or did it stop at some point? It could, all, it could all be contingent upon your answer to the question. Jesus lays His hand on this man and he touches him. And then he asks him a question. What do you see? Wait wait, wait a minute, Lord. You, you know I can't see. You know I'm blind. Now come on, stretch your faith a little bit. I, 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 I'm t- I touch you. We're, we're walking in relationship. You took my hand. You're following me. Now I'm asking you, what do you see? Well, I, I, I see men as trees. My, it, it, it's it's not clear clear. It, it, it's a little blurry. It's a little. Uh, you, you've been to the eye doctor, and he says uh, a or b, one or two. It, it, is this better or this better? And one's usually clear, and one's blurry. Jesus said, "What can you see?" And the man said, "I, I see men as trees walking." And Jesus said, "Woo." Hallelujah, that's better than you were before. I'll see you later. A lot of us would be going, Whoa, that's good, Lord. Thank you, thank you. Jesus said, Well, you see, God's not interested in quitting until the miracle's perfect. Now, there's a whole lot about this story that I don't understand. I've read everybody else's opinion. I'll give you a few of my own little thought Whatever, But don't run out and say, this is... I'm not sure. I do know Jesus had 100% power to completely heal him on the first touch. There's no doubt in my mind. But he had to touch him again. Why? Was it a gradual healing or... Was it two miracles? Hmm. It's unique in this story because most of the time, I mean, Jesus just touched people or spoke the word or whatever, and it was done. But here, this man needed another touch. Maybe simply for the fact that he knew you and I sometime needed another touch. Sometime I don't get everything I needed on the first time. And if everybody else did, I might go, oh. afraid to ask again there's something wrong with me so i'm glad it's there maybe 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 the lord just was trying to get everybody else out of their box because sometimes we put jesus in a box we put god we say you got to do it this way you got to do it they came to jesus and they said touch him Because we have seen you do it before and every time. This is the result. Maybe Jesus was just showing everybody else. I can do things different. It doesn't have to be the exact same way every time. I don't know. Maybe he was building faith in this man. Maybe this guy, him taking his hand, him walking with him, him talking with him, him asking him questions... Maybe was to build his faith. Maybe he's trying to get him to a place where he truly believes. Maybe he's just trying to get us to not. Bible says, "Don't despise the day of small things." Sometimes in our life, there's progressions. How many is anybody in here? right exactly where you want to be in your life. You're perfect. You're holy. You got all the money you need. I mean, you're blessed. Your kid's acting right. Your husband is perfect. He needs no more change. (laughs) We don't ask that about the wives. We know they are. Maybe One smart man in the crowd. Virgil's 50 years old and he's been blind from childhood. But technology, the way things have been progressing. Just have another friend this week that had a lens put in. He was going blind. He's blind in one eye from welding. He's a pastor. But he had a lens put in. And now this he can see. It's a a, a miracle. It's, It's amazing what they can do. But Virgil... He had surgery in 1991 for cataract removed. Then he had a new lens implanted. He's been blind since childhood. But when the bandages were removed, he could see, but he had no idea what he was seeing. His brain could make no sense of the images that his optic nerve were transmitting. He hadn't seen since he was a child and everything in this world is different. Things have changed. And his brain couldn't tell him what he was seeing. He had 20-20 vision, but he was mentally blind. Does anybody know what that condition is called? It's called agnosia. Agnosia. Where we get agnostics. There's atheists, they don't believe at all, and there's agnostic, they just don't know if there's anything else out there. He's physically fine but mentally blind. He did not know what he was seeing. There was another patient who had his sight restored. It was restored medically. He was perfect. He could not recognize individual faces for a year after that until the optical nerve healed. He had to have new pathways. His visual cortex had to line up with the brain. I don't don't know what's happening in this man. I, I already told you. I'm not sure. So... When Jesus first touched him, did he heal his eyes? And then the man looked around and go, I can see, but I just don't know what I'm seeing. It looks like trees. I see as trees washing. But what, what Was it blurry? Was there something? And maybe when Jesus touched him again, maybe the first time he healed his eyes, maybe the second time he healed that visual cortex. I don't know. I'm just asking you. I'm just putting it out there. There could be a lot of things going on. It could have been two separate miracles. It could have been a building of his faith. All I know is that Jesus touched him again. Jesus didn't leave him only seeing halfway. He didn't leave him seeing men as trees. He didn't leave him even with half vision. He didn't leave him. But you know what? He asked the question. <laughs> I'm convinced today that that there's a lot of people who don't have their full miracle because they didn't answer the question honestly. People come up for prayer, and you pray for them, and you say, "How you, you feel better? Oh, yeah, I feel better. They don't feel no better at all. But they're afraid to say that. They're afraid they'll offend the pastor or whoever's praying for them, or they'll think that people think they have a lack of faith, so they walk away the same way that they came because they didn't answer the question honestly. If the man had said yes, Je- yes Jesus, yes, oh, everything, I'm, I'm healed. Thank God that people's honest. To take a look at themselves and go, you know what? I'm not a hundred percent. I'm not where I'm better than I used to be, but I'm not what I'm going to be. Lord, I need another touch. I need you to clear up some things in my life. Things are not perfect. Things are not where they need to be. I need a fresh touch. Let, let, let's just take for a moment and and, and think that this story uh, could be. About spiritual blindness. The Bible says that the gods of this world have blinded the eyes of them that believe not. I'm going to tell you something. We need need a spiritual healing as well as we need a physical one. There's more blind people spiritually than there are naturally. And another thing I was thinking about this morning, maybe y'all can answer the question. Why did Jesus never heal any blind women? <laughs> Why is it only men that can't see? Why is it just men that lack vision? I'm just asking. I don't know. Yeah, listen. Before you start answering that, you better be careful. It could get you in trouble. Listen, let's just stop for a moment. Let's just stop for a moment between the first touch and the second touch. We we have a half-enlightened person, half-seeing, blurry vision. It's kind of a picture of the church today. They're half where God wants them to be. They've had a partial experience. They have a limited touch, but they're not completely delivered. I've been touched, but I'm not set free. I've been saved, but I'm not not quite there to think sanctification. I've been filled, but not all the way. I've had a touch, but I didn't stay long enough to get the second one. I said, I've had enough. I've experienced enough. I, I, I'm in a hurry. i got to get to lunch. i, I got to go. I've got a meeting. Uh, th- this is all I really wanted. Woo! I wanted to be healed, but not too much that I would mess up my disability check. Come on. Appreciate <laughs> I've been, I've been delivered from a lot, but I, I'm just half light. I'm halfway there. I'm between two worlds. I, I got one foot in and one foot out, and I, I can say amen and oh me, and I, I'm just kind of halfway there. Half commitment, half understanding, half involved from 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 the outside they look pretty good <laughs> they're walking with Jesus Woo, look at them look at him he's walking he's a friend of god had no idea he just met didn't know that when jesus asked a question he didn't tell the whole truth and when jesus tried to do more he said no i'm just satisfied where i'm at it's a lot of half good they're pretty good they look fairly good but they're not where they need to be what's the danger of half enlightenment it's a dangerous place to be the danger it's too easy to go back into the darkness when you hadn't clearly seen the light you just saw a flicker you just got a touch you just, you just saw a little bit. And then people walk away. And then the devil goes, you, you didn't really get nothing at all. Did, did you really experience anything? Is that really the truth? And you know what? And when you can't see clearly, you clearly can't answer that question. And so we fall back into darkness so often. That's why people, it's why once he said, Wake up, O oh sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Ephesians 5. Come on, it's time that we wake up. Let's don't be half. Let's don't be half in, half out. Let's don't get our half miracle. Don't be satisfied with one touch. Come on, thank God for that touch when you were a teenager. Thank God for that touch back yesterday. But what about today? You need another touch if you're not seeing clearly your vision, your purpose, your destiny, if you're not walking, amen, in the process, amen, of being completely, totally healed, delivered, set free, if you're not where you want to be, come on, ask the Lord to touch you again. Touch me again. Stop lying. Stop saying I'm okay. We talked about that a few months ago. We was I'm fine. How you doing? I'm fine. No, you're not. You're far from fine. We're hurting, we're broken, we're we're, we're in trouble. Amen, we're not seeing clearly. Let's come into these altars and let's say, Lord, I need another. Thank you. Thank you for that touch. Thank you for those experiences. Thank God for where you brought me from. But Lord, I'm not where I want to be. I need another touch today. Can I get an amen? What's the remedy of being half enlightened? Ask for another touch. Ask for a fresh touch. Ask God to lay his hand on you one more time. He asked him, Lord, can you see? He said, "Uh, I, I see him in his trees. And Jesus touched him again. And then he looked up and he saw all things clear. Do you want to see things clear today? You need to see your marriage clear. See your teenagers clear. See your finances clear. See your relationships clear. See your call and your purpose and your ministry clear. I want clarity. I want God to show me to open my eyes. Amen. The Lord, if you've got to lead me out of this place to get me to open my eyes, if I've been here too long that I'm so blinded amen, by everybody else's doubt and unbelief, if He's got to get you out of that place you are now, come on, put your hand in His hand today. Trust Him and say, Lord, lead me to that place of miracles. Lead me to that place of clarity. And when He touches you, be honest about what you see. Thank you for that one good amen. <laughs> oh, let's, let's, let's finish up. For a lot of people, it's, it's, it's hard to be honest with God sometimes. Our minds. Man, you ever battle with your mind? You know, you who you are, what you think about yourself, what you think about others, what it all starts right here. There was a man wandering around Hong Kong and he saw this ancient tattoo shop. And he stopped and looked in the window and he, he was looking at all the different tattoos that people get and the different designs and the different sayings. And he saw one and it just rocked him. And it said, Born to Lose. And he thought, surely no one ever got that tattoo. And he goes into the shop and he asked the, the, the owner there, an uh, older Chinese man, he said, this chart on the door said, Born to Lose. Has anyone ever gotten that tattoo?" And the man said, yes. And he said, how in the world could anybody put that on their body? And the old Chinese man in his broken English said, he tapped his forehead and he said, tattoo in mind before own body. What are you thinking about yourself? What are you listening to? to the devil say about you? Are you just half enlightened? Are you seeing things without clarity? You don't know who you are because you can't see yourself through God's eyes? You haven't seen yourself through the Word of God? You, you, you've had a touch in your life, but today, the devil's lying to you. You are not born to lose. You were born to win. You're more than a conqueror. Greater is he that is in you than is he that is in the world. Come on, don't let the devil put in your mind. Amen. Because you know, when you think, can't see clearly, you have to rely on other people to tell you what things say. Why do you think I have to have these around my neck? Because sometimes I look down and it's not clear. I don't know what to say. I don't know what God's Word says. But then I take and pull these up and all of a sudden, woo! It's clear now. (laughs) I need another touch, Lord. I can't see my vision, my purpose, my plans. It's distorted. I need another touch. I need to be honest with you today. Where are you at Where are you at with God? Where are you at in your relationship? I'm going to ask the band to come back. Just so simple today. Just just, just some thoughts. Just about a man who put his hand in the hand of the Lord. Trusted him. Walked with him. Allowed him to get him out of a place that was full of doubt and unbelief. And he touched him. He touched him because his friends asked him to touch him. He touched him Because the man had a need. But after he touched him, he asked him a question. Today, as you come into this altar and you ask yourself the question that Jesus asked that man today, what do you see? What do you see? How do you see yourself? How do you see your relationship with God? How do you see your call? How do you see your purpose? How do you see your future? If it's not clear, if it's confusing, if it's blurry, would you simply say, Lord, touch me again. Touch me again with your power touch me again with your love see it's his perfect will it is his will that you be made whole it is his will you be healed it is your will, his will that you see clearly but he's asking you today how are you see it how do you see it would you be honest with God how do you see your future today if you were to die today right now are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven are you ready to stand before God and give an account for your life have you asked Jesus to come into your heart and be your personal savior if you're watching me today at home wherever you're at what's your future Have you asked Jesus to be Lord of your life? Have you confessed your sins and asked Him to forgive you of your sins? How are you seeing your eternity? How do you see your purpose here today? If it's not quite clear, could we ask Jesus to touch us again? Could we ask Him to fill us again? Could we ask Him to just wrap His arms around us again? Love us again Strengthen us again Come on Maybe you say Lord he delivered me one time But I got myself back Uh, uh, I've kind of gone back And I'm dabbling Come on He'll deliver you again He healed you one time But if you're struggling With sickness in your body He will heal you again He wants to touch you afresh And anew today Wherever you're at Jesus loves you His power is still great. He still works miracles. He still opens blind eyes, opens deaf ears. He still casts out devils and He can raise the dead. Let Him touch you today. Let Him touch you today. As we pray, I'm going to ask you, as we sing, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. I'm not just going to ask for a specific call. If you know, you just say, I want a fresh touch. I want another touch. I'm going to ask you to get out of your seat and just come fill these altars as we pray this morning. Father, upon your people, I pray for clarity
1: of vision. Clarity of purpose. Father, let the Holy Spirit come and fill and refill
0: every believer. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Clarity. 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 Oh, just one way to touch him. Just believe. Just believe Pastor Marcelo. Would you come join me
1: Oh hallelujah Pastor Elias Would you come join me This morning Hallelujah David, we're just gonna
0: Just come around And just Gently touch you And we're gonna ask That your faith Your faith It touches His faith And you're made whole Whatever you need today, if you're not seeing perfectly clear, physically, spiritually, emotionally, financially, whatever it is. Amen. When you're saying, Jesus, touch me. when we just lay our hand on you just for a moment? Let's pray that that moment of contact, that the Holy Spirit just brings clarity to every area of your life that you need. That's not all. That's not a And I'll put that on your hand. Uh-huh. Come on, as they sing, come on, just stretch your hands out. Come on, by faith, let's believe God today. Pastor, you start over there. You start starting in the middle with me. Just, just come. Let's just believe God today. Oh, come on, just sing it again. Hallelujah.
1: Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's